welcome to the haunted ride. Hello, and welcome to the haunted ride. I'm your host, Melissa Cummins, and thank you for joining me today. So, I hope you have your snacks and your tea, herbal's best, or whatever it is that you decide you want to drink, and that you're going to have a great time with us today while we tell some ghost stories. So, first off, please remember to subscribe if you like this show. Uh, We are on iTunes, Google Music Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Spotify. I don't know why. It's really funny because I first listened to podcasts on Spotify. But yet, for some reason, I can never remember them when I am telling you guys where to subscribe. (laughs) I, I have no idea. I don't know why I can't remember those poor people. They've done nothing wrong to me. I listened to all my music there, but I don't know. Can't remember them to save my life. But yes, we're also on Spotify, so subscribe. And we're also on Twitter and Facebook. Now, I'm just going to say, like, I'm pretty horrible at Facebook. I'm horrible at social media. I've always been horrible at social media. But uh, me and Twitter, we've, we've got a good thing going on. Me and Facebook, not so much. But still, you can find us anywhere. And, you know, the more people that we have that subscribe to us, the easier it's going to be to, one, get the word out, to talk to you guys, and build this thing and build a community with you all. Like, that will be my greatest joy is being able to do that. Also, please remember to send in your stories. If you have a ghost story, if you have a paranormal experience, if you have a supernatural experience, send it in. Like, feed me your stories, please. I'm hungry. (laughs) It's definitely interesting telling my own stories because I get nervous every time that I start a story start a podcast episode, uh, I get nervous. I have to take several deep breaths. When I'm editing, I have to edit those out because I do get very nervous because these are my personal experiences and they're real. And there's a lot of them were negative. And um, it, it is a big part of my life. It is a big part of what happened to me. And I don't think that I'm the only person out there with supernatural experiences. I feel like it's a big part of everybody's life who's ever had one. And so please send them in because I really want to hear them. I want to know what happened to you. I want to know what what occurred. And if I can somehow help, my God, that would be, that's just, that's why I do this. Uh, but I will say it is very therapeutic for me to get my stories out there because it makes me feel like, if you guys are listening to this podcast, you believe, you know, you believe in the supernatural, you believe in the paranormal, you at least have an interest in it and think that it could be a possibility somewhere down the line. You may not believe in everything that I talk about, but you do believe in, in the, the topic itself and you're willing to listen to these stories. So if you also have a story, send it in. Don't be shy. Don't be scared. As the host, being nervous, hopefully that helps you feel a little bit less nervous to share your actual stories. But I want to hear them, so send them in. Either go to thehauntedride.com, click on the send us your story link, or email it into thehauntedride at gmail.com. I am actually working on trying to find a efficient way to allow people to send in vocal files. So you could send that in, we could play it on the show, and that way you wouldn't have to type it out. But we'll see how long it takes me to do that. My goal is to hopefully have it up by the end of the month. Um, I just need to find a good format for that to work in. 
where it won't limit you guys for file sizes or even, and I mean, technically speaking, like you could send it in the email. You know, if you've got a, if you want to record, you can send the vocal file in the email. Um, you can also upload it and just send us a link. I'll download it. I don't have a problem with that. If and when I'm a little bit more public about the fact that we'll have a, a vocal way to submit in your stories, please do not say the demonic name of the thing that was haunting you. If his name was whatever, do not do not say his name. I will not play it on the air. I will edit it out. Like I don't I don't want to hear anyone's demonic name. If you want to nickname him, I'm fine with that. Have no problem with it. I do not want to know the entity's real name. Every entity has a real name. That real name is rumored in numerous different religions and uh, supernatural views of thought to either call it to you or to give it power and or give yourself power over it. I don't really believe in the third one. I don't, I, I mean, it's a demon. It's trying to trick you. And I do actually have a story where that happened to me. And I, I have been, been questioning if it's something that I wanted to share on the show. Obviously, I wouldn't say the demon's name, but it was an interesting thing that happened. And I actually called it to me on purpose to deal with it for someone else. So, um, yeah. <laughs> don't screw around with demon names. <laughs> Just don't don't do it unless you know what you're doing. I knew what I was doing and that's why I did it, but it is still a dangerous thing to do and it takes a very high level of skill. It's just like if you have a medium who goes into a haunted house, they don't have to say the demon's name to get their attention, but sometimes if they figure out that demon's name, they will say it to essentially make the demon listen. Uh, just, just like if somebody calls you by your entire name, including your middle name, you're going to stand at alertness. Does the same thing to it. So, again, just if you do send in your vocal files, and I guess I'll just put it out there now, send it in. You can send those in in emails, and I'm working on a way to send it in online. Do not include your entity's name. It will not be said. It will bleeped out. It will be bleeped out, or it will just be removed entirely. So, if you hear your story and you don't hear the entity's name, that's why. Moving on, um, we are actually changing the day of when we air these episodes. Wednesday is my favorite day, so I thought it would be, one, a good day to air the episode because it's kind of in the middle of the week, and two, it's also my favorite day, so I figured I would be the most enthusiastic about having these episodes up on that particular day. But the problem I've run into is if there is an error in recording or an error in editing, um, I do work a full-time job, so I don't really have time to re-record or re-edit. I know last week's episode I was not that happy with. Uh, it was fine. I, I think it was okay, but I had a huge error with uh, technical difficulties, and I re-recorded that episode I don't even know how many times, and so you guys got the best version I could give you, but I was not very proud of that episode. So I figured doing it over the weekend and actually releasing it on Monday would be great because that allows me the maximum amount of time to make sure that there's nothing wrong with the episode before I release it. It also allows me the maximum amount of time to edit the episode now that I'm using different, different editing software. And last but not least, I, you know, I listen to podcasts. I have a huge joy in them. If I didn't enjoy them, I wouldn't be doing this. Even though I love this subject and I want to help people, 
I would not be doing this. Whenever I, I, I always listen to them when I'm at work. And one of my greatest joys is walking in Monday morning and knowing that I can just turn on a podcast and listen to it. And my, my favorite podcasts have a new episode out and I don't have to wait. Like I would rather just wait for that Monday to come around where I can listen than know I'm going to have another week coming up than wait for that Wednesday to come around. So hopefully you guys like the new day. Um, I think it'll, I think it'll be a good change. I think it'll be great. And we're still starting out. So, you know, if we have to change it again, we will, but I do think this will be the best change and the best day to do it. So now that we've gone over all the technical crap <laughs> and jargon, um, guys, Thanksgiving is coming around the corner. Like I am so, this year's gone by so fast. I know I said it a couple weeks ago, but it's also because a couple weeks ago, I didn't realize we were almost going to be at the end of November. Like, I feel like, I mean, to begin with, Thanksgiving seems to be earlier this month because normally it's on the 26th or 27th. This month it's on the 22nd, I believe. So we're, we're about a full week ahead of schedule. But it everything just seems to be moving so fast and it seems to be so quick and rapid and this year is just flying by. And it's very surprising how quick it's going going by. It's just zooming. What's great is actually by doing these on Monday, we will not have an episode directly on the day before Thanksgiving when nobody's going to care. <laughs> It'll actually be way in advance. <laughs> uh, and yes, I do cook. Yes, I assist with Thanksgiving dinner. Um, if I had it my way, I would do the entire Thanksgiving dinner because I love family cooking and I love family get togethers and it makes me smile but I do not have it my way so I will at least be doing some recipes this this year which will make my day so at least I get to do some cooking for the family but now on to the actual reason of why you're here besides my various chatter (laughs) let's get to some ghost stories there was I think in maybe episode two, might have been two. I don't really remember. There's been too many episodes. Can I also just quickly say that I'm still surprised I'm on episode five. I typed that in today to name this episode and I was like, no, I'm wrong. (laughs) I went to go look and I I had to count um, because I could not believe that I was on episode five. That was so surprising to me. But I, I believe in episode two, there was there was a story about the black mask that was in my closet, which had tried to hurt me. Now, I believe in that episode, I talked about the fact that I didn't really understand how the black mask got in or how it got out, because if it would have come in or out of the room, I would have noticed it that way. But it seems to only be able to work in the closet, not be able to work anywhere outside of it. And with as much power as it seemed to have, that didn't really sit well with me. I always thought it was very strange. You know, the whole closet had come down. It took us a while to try to go through everything. I mean, I picked everything up, but there were bits and pieces of broken stuff everywhere, and we picked it up and picked it up and picked it up. But there was some stuff that we didn't really even know was in the closet because before I had used the closet, it was sort of like a storage closet. Before we had turned that room into a nursery and then later on my actual bedroom, that closet was used for storage. So there was a whole side of the closet which I would never touch because just... It was storage. I didn't mess with it. I didn't know what was in it. I'm curious, but I didn't want to break anything or ruin anything, so I just left it alone. 
Well, after everything came down, uh, we finally ended up going through that side of the closet, which was storage. And in it, I found this gold mirror. And it was like a gold-plated mirror, but it folded out. So it, it was three panels. Each were probably about the size of the sort of width of a laptop. Actually, no, that's a lie. It was, it was larger than that. But let's use that for reference, the width of a laptop. So each panel was about that size, um, width-wise. And length-wise, it was very, very long. Um, it was a perfect little rectangle, and each side would fold onto the top of another section. And when I pulled the mirror out, I thought it was pretty. It was really pretty, but I didn't like it. I didn't like it. I didn't feel comfortable with it. My mom loved antiques. So, you know, the thing was, it was weird to find that in the closet because the antiques were shown. They were conversational pieces, and that's why they had been picked out. So the fact that it was hidden, that mirror was hidden away in the closet, especially the way that it was where it could have broken was sort of strange. And I just felt very negative about the mirror. And I mean, this was years later, years after black mass fog thing that I'd seen in the closet. And I hadn't really seen it since. Sometimes I would think that maybe something else was in there, but it definitely was a black mass thing. And I, it wouldn't show itself to me. And I wasn't really all that interested in seeing it either. Uh, my rule is as long as it didn't mess with me, I wasn't going to mess with it. I think by that time I'd gotten really feisty, very protective of the entire family, and I was just like, well, you're not screwing with me or my family. If you do, you're out, and I will make sure you're out of this house. I just felt very negative about that mirror. I felt like it just resonated like a very negative feeling. I couldn't figure out why. It stayed in the closet. I mean, we put it back in, in the closet for... A couple days, but every day that feeling just got worse and worse and worse. So this is sort of going to be a little bit of a boring story. I don't really know why. I, I don't know why I felt that way about it, but I was like, it needs to go. And I, I, was, I became very wary of the closet. I was very wary of that mirror. I was very wary of my room. I was just very weary of the whole thing and and I just I knew it was from that mirror and I knew it needed to go I didn't know what was attached to that mirror but I, I knew it needed to go now the reason why I bring up the black mass in conjunction with it is because when we were getting rid of the mirror and I was trying to figure out why did I feel that way I realized the feeling that I felt towards that mirror was the same feeling that I felt towards the closet in general when the black mass was in there, when I felt like something else was in there. I said to myself, what if it came from this mirror? You know, there are tons of different religions and spiritual practices of which say that things can travel through mirrors. And really, if you think about it, it sort of makes sense. We spend a lot of time in front of a mirror. We do a lot of things in front of mirrors. We uh, allow a mirror to reflect back ourselves and, and we see it with our eyes and we hope to see something. There's a lot of hopefulness, I would say, that goes into every time you come in front of a mirror. I mean, think about it. When you're getting ready in the morning, you put on your, you know, if you're a female and you like to wear earrings, you put on your jewelry, you put on your perfume, you do your hair, and you check in the mirror to make sure that you look perfect. It's that expectation of wanting to look the way that you want to look when you leave. 
if you think about things as collecting energy over time, it, it does make sense that a mirror would have some sort of energy, just like a room would have um, a, fam- a familial energy if you have a family, if you have a lot of laughter and, and things like that. And people talk about when they leave houses and somebody else moves in, they may see something and they don't know who these people are. And it's just leftover energy. It's, it's that leftover feeling of whatever it is that they felt when they were in that room or when they were around that area or, or item and they'll just feel it. So, I mean, it would make sense that a mirror could hold on to energy because we're touching it, we're projecting ourselves into it, we're wanting it to project something back to us. And the fact that I felt the same way towards the mirror, and I mean, I wasn't looking at the mirror. I mean, the mirror was closed. And I felt that way, and it was the same way that I felt with the black mass or any of the other things that I had felt were in that closet, which was just evil and bad, I I almost sort of think that the mirror was a portal. Now, obviously we had the portal that was in the back room closet, but again, it does make sense for things that very clearly for me as a kid did not come from the back room closet. I didn't know where they came from, but I knew they didn't come from there. Just like I believe in one of the stories I talked about, I woke up and I just saw shadow things standing around me. They weren't doing anything to me, they were just there. I think that perhaps they could have come through that mirror. I mean, there are times when portals do bring in good things. It's really just an open area for spirits to come and go. I do kind of like to think about it as it's got a guard and and it's sort of the biggest, baddest dude can guard it because that's his way or her way to come in or out of the spirit realm. But I do think that good spirits can hop along and come through there as well. Just I know the one in the in the back closet was almost subtle and smooth with undertones of the negativity. It wasn't blunt and right in your face about it, but the one that was in the in my closet that I've now found in this mirror seemed to be very upfront, very innately negative, causing you dread. Like I've been around spirits enough at this time that I didn't feel scared. You know, if they popped up, they popped up, they were there. It was rare their spirit ever scared me, and I'd become very intuitive where even a human person coming around the corner trying to scare me, I knew they were there. They didn't scare me. I I didn't scare. Even to this day, I rarely ever scare unless I just feel really under the weather and I'm not all there like I would like to be. So for me to feel dread meant that there was a reason. Something in my intuition was telling me that this was dread and this was evil, and you don't get that feeling when you have a negative spirit. I mean, when you have a negative spirit, you're, you can get a little scared. But there's a clear difference in the spectrum of dread and negativity that you feel between a negative spirit and something that was never a spirit in the first place. So the next story that I have actually partially happened to me and partially happened to my mother. And I have been dying to tell you guys this story because it was one of those times where it's just like, you should have listened to me. It was the complete I told you so story. Now, I, I was never one to say I told you so, but in this time, it was definitely warranted. This, at this point in my life, um, my mom and her boyfriend were now going to be moving into the house, and uh, this is the first time I had met him. I'd heard about him. I talked to him on the phone. 
I I knew tons of stories about him, um, and he was my mom's first boyfriend, so I had tons of stories from that. So he wasn't entirely a stranger for me, but it was weird because I'd never met him before. The way that we were going to go about this, actually, unfortunately, was uh, bad circumstances. I was going to go with my mother to attend a relative of his funeral. So we went... I met him, we talked a little bit. We didn't really get to talk too much though because we met at the funeral place. So I'm now around all these people and this was actually someone that my mother also knew as well. She just wasn't related to, so she was very sad and she was crying and everything and he was comforting her. But there was a lot of just leaving me. So, you know, I'd look up and they were gone and I didn't know where they were. And I'm here, like we traveled four states up for this. So I'm in a new place a new city with new people. I don't know any of these people. They keep trying to talk to me. I don't want to talk to them. I don't like being in this situation. I don't like being around these people. I just want to be like left alone. I just felt extremely uncomfortable, which I think most people would feel that way. So we go back to the relative's house. And when I get there, I feel even more uncomfortable. And I didn't really entirely understand it was spiritual at the time because I had already felt so strange around all these strangers that I didn't know and that I didn't even really want to get to know because I knew I wasn't going to be meeting them again. I just thought it was weird. I thought the timing for us to do this was weird. I didn't like the fact that I kept being left alone from the actual only person that I really knew in this entire situation I didn't know anything that was going on, where we were going next, what we were planning, what we were doing. It was a very, it was, it was just a very uncomfortable situation to be in to begin with. Much less, as time went on, people, I think, tried to make me feel a little bit more comfortable by talking to me. But when they would be talking to me, it was everybody. It was everybody at once, you know, coming up and, oh, you're so-and-so's kid, like, oh, you know, this and that and that and the other and oh, oh, come meet, and I'm like, okay, it's too many people, and then I kept feeling like something was around, and it was trying to get my attention, and I'm like, I cannot focus on you and deal with these human people who are standing around me as well, like something's got to get, so finally I told whatever it was, which I couldn't completely see the face of, but I knew it was a man, and um, I, I told him, I said, there's too many people for me to talk to you right now, I will talk with you later. And he kind of wasn't really too happy about it, but he chilled out and he, he dissipated, but he was still kind of there. I want to say the next day, because we were only there for three days, so this first whole day had gone by. The next day we wake up, and again, my mother's missing. I can't find her, so I'm in the house, and there's these men there, and I'm not really comfortable, and and I just I just was not happy at all. Please, please do yourself a favor. If you have a child, do not ever leave them in that situation. It's creepy. And it's it's odd and very uncomfortable for that kid. Don't do that to them. So finally, I get up to go do something, and I'm kind of crossing down a hallway, and I turn and I see the figure from before, and I said, oh. And he wasn't extremely friendly. Uh, I think he was a little softer than his general persona was. Uh, but it turns out it was the, the relative. So 
the relative of the who used to have the house that we were now in, who I had just gone to his funeral. Now, he did not have an open casket. I did not see his face there. They did not even have a picture of him up when you first walked in. They did have his picture on the pamphlet. But apart from that, I did not see his face. When we were at the house, um, I don't remember him having a lot of pictures up. I think there may have been one, so perhaps I could have seen the face from there. But he looked a little different. He had the same sort of facial structure, the same gray hair, but his body's uh, size and style and what he was wearing was very different. So I'm talking with him, and what he's telling me is what he wants. And what he wants, what he wanted me to know was this was his house. It's very possessive. He was like, this is my house. I don't want these people in here. So I'm assuming that perhaps while I was in the uncomfortable situation, I would not be surprised to find out if I was also picking up that uncomfortability from him um, because he seemed to not be happy that people were in there. Kind of the whole, when you have a big, uh, a family member has a big funeral, but you know that that person doesn't know all these people. They just came there because they were nosy or he wasn't even friends with all those people. And, but, and you know it, so they just showed up to show up and pay their respects or whatever, but, or because they might think they might get something or to make themselves feel better, but they're not there for the right reasons, which is to mourn this person's passing and attempt to help these people and you know celebrate for the future that they're not here on this earth anymore and they can pass on and go somewhere better. So he seemed unhappy with all the people who were in the house. And he also said that he wasn't happy with how some of the people were behaving in the house. And he also did not want anyone to take things out of the house. Well, the reason why some of those people were there was because someone basically had opened the house and said, basically, if you want something, come and take it. No one's going to be here. No one's going to have it. And he did not like that. Those were his possessions. He worked very hard for them, and he did not want them to go to anyone at all. And I said, well, I... I I can do what I can, I can, but that's why these people are here. I understand if you don't want those, those things to be taken out of your home, but that's, that's why they're here, because you don't need have use for them anymore. He said, yes, but they're mine. I said, okay. I basically asked, like, what is your, what's your maximum that you're willing to take on this? So negotiated with it. And his response to me was basically, so his family members could take certain things from the house. There were other things that he did not want anyone to have. He, if, if those things were to be taken out of the house, he wanted them to be sold. And he did not want anyone who did not belong to his particular bloodline to take anything out of that house, period. So he was very, it was very familial. He just wanted family members to have certain things, but he was so very possessive about his stuff that he was willing to at least let go that much. I said, okay, I'll do the best that I can do. Now, again, I don't know these people. I can't tell them what to take or what not to take. I'm not related to this guy. I don't know. I've never met him. I know nothing about him. And also, I kind of felt a little weird because everybody was, like, laughing it up and talking about how greedy he was, and they were not, they were not making it seem like he had this personality. So part of me kind of was like, is this really who I'm talking to? And I, and I felt that it was. So, so it was like, okay, maybe – Maybe he just feels this way because he's always been a little bit possessive and now it's just more amplified because he's uncomfortable with how things are right now. I, I don't know. So 
We prevented a lot of it, actually, um, just by trying to make sure people couldn't get into certain rooms. I would kind of like rush around and be like, oh, I'm going to be in here for a little bit. Is that okay? And they'd say, yeah. And then somebody would try to come in. I'd be like, uh, and see me in there and say, oh, okay, you know, I don't want to bother you. And I'd, I'd do that in numerous different rooms, try to keep them out at least so that those things would stay there. And then if they were a family member, sometimes I would kind of get the feeling like he would whisper to me they're okay. So they could come in and take whatever it is that they wanted and he'd be okay with it. But he did have certain things he refused to let anyone take. And one of them was a table with a lamp that was sort of attached to it. So it was one whole piece. Now my mother decides that she wants the table with the lamp. And I told her, no, she cannot have it. She said, like, what do you mean you can't have it? I said, you can't have it. She said, what do you mean? I said, Nate doesn't want you to have it. She goes, oh, stop. She goes, you don't know Nate. I said, yeah, but I just saw him in the hallway. He doesn't want you to have it. So again, my mother doesn't believe me, as per usual. She doesn't believe me when I'm talking about spirits. And she doesn't believe that there's any reason for me to do this. And thirdly, she's my mother. She can do whatever she wants. All right. So I tried. I tried. I mean, we ended up getting in a huge fight over this because I'm trying to tell her not to take it, that he's going to hurt her if she takes it. She does not want to believe me. So, and he is on the other end, like, basically screaming at me that he doesn't want her to take it. And it wasn't a fact that he didn't like my mother. That's not the problem. It was that she wasn't related to him. And for him, in this, in this stage of his soul's life span, he was possessive over his items and he didn't want anyone to have that particular one. Which is, I mean, you have to pay him a certain amount of respect. But on the same time, most people, I think, would be just say, you know what? You're not here anymore. What are you going to do with it? She's going to stand here and go like this. I'm going to take it. So we take it back with us. And the whole time, I'm just like, oh, geez. Oh, I've got a bad feeling about this. This isn't going to be good. And again, this is where I talk about um, how it's different between dread and just having a bad feeling. There's different between feeling a negative spirit and feeling a demon. You know the difference. It's just like um, if you meet someone and your intuition something and you just tells them like you don't you don't agree with this person it doesn't mean that you know anything about them or anything like that you just know that you two aren't going to get along you're not going to see eye to eye you're not even going to want to put in anything into that relationship you may not be able to figure out why at that period of time but give it a little bit you'll figure it out so that's essentially this that you use your you use that same intuition when you're dealing with spirits you know sensitivity or being a psychic or being a medium doesn't mean that you don't use your intuition. That's part of you. You use that all the time. You just have more access to use it towards the spirits and things that other people may not be able to see or communicate with. That's all, that's all really the difference is. It's just, it's like having an extra sense. You just are a little bit more proficient at it than some other people. We're driving back and we come home and I at least get her to decide she's not going to plug in the table or the lamp that day but the next morning she decides that she wants to so she had a chase right where where she was uh right next to where she was going to put it so i was sitting on the chase and i'm watching it and i put a shield around myself and i put a shield around her to try and at least protect her she plugs in the lamp and essentially the whole thing explodes sparks off everywhere you can literally see the arc of electricity through the thing it, 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 in all honesty, was terrifying, really, to see. Had I not put that shield around her, I think she would have gotten hurt. Um, because I think Nate did that as his... I don't think Nate followed us 
home. But I think Nate gives that personal touch of this is mine and because you took it, I'm going to get you back for it. And that's what he did. So after that, she was so scared out of her mind. I mean, the hairs on her on her arms were still standing straight up. She basically looked like she got electrocuted, but she didn't. She would have. So she turns to me and she just looks at me and I said, I told you, Nate doesn't want that out of his house. And she's like, okay, we'll get rid of it. I was like, thank you. So I, and, and I, I asked my now dad, I said to him, dad, was, was Nate possessive over his stuff? And he said, yeah, he was, actually. I was like, well, no one was talking about that at the funeral. Just like because, he said, because most of the people who were there didn't really know him. But he, you know, he worked really hard. He was very old-fashioned. He was very, like, I want my, my house and my stuff to be pristine. And he was very possessive. And he messed it up, and he started telling me some stories. And I was like, okay. So, you know, obviously I believe my intuition, but it was good to get that confirmation that, yeah, this person was like this, and this is why. I did not know about that at all. You need to listen to your intuition all the time. It will help you. Listen to your gut. Listen to whatever you want to call it, your sixth sense. I don't care. Listen to it. If it tells you that you shouldn't be around someone, do not be around that person. Do not give them a second chance. I cannot tell you the amount of times I have decided not to listen to myself. I've done that and I've gotten my heart broken. So do not do that spiritually, physically, mentally emotionally, if your intuition, if your gut, if your sixth sense, if something in you tells you no, agree with that. Even if it doesn't make sense, agree with it. I hope you guys have at least learned something good today, if you didn't already know. And I hope you enjoyed the episode. Again, subscribe, iTunes, wherever. Leave us a five-star review would be great. A review anywhere, I don't care. Just let me know that you're out there and you're listening and send in your, your stories either at thehauntedride.com or email them to thehauntedride at gmail.com. And if you do not want to write it, you may also vocally send your file. Again, no demonic entity names. Okay? Thank you. Have a great day, guys. And uh, as per usual, stay safe and don't let the ghost get you. Bye.